Connecting socially and spending time with friends or family, simply put, feels good for the soul. And to the contrary, though, too much time on your own could leave you feeling out of touch and produce feelings of loneliness. So it's probably in your best interest to strike a balance and make an effort to spend time connecting with others. Welcome back to Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth. I'm your host, Al Waller. And with me is Mihaela Vince, public health expert of nonprofit Transamerica Institute, to talk about the benefits of social networks and unpacking what socialization is, why it's important for our health, how the lack of socialization can lead to health problems, who's most at risk, and how to get more of it, even if you're really not a social butterfly. But before we get started, I want to remind our listeners that we'd like to hear from you and understand what topics you'd like to hear more about. So please drop us a line at info at transamericacenter.org. Well, Mahela, welcome back to the show today. Hey, Al. Uh, good to be here. So I get that spending time with loved ones can be enjoyable and to you know, some extent amusing and entertaining too, right? But could you start us off by identifying or defining exactly what socialization is? Yeah. Uh, socialization is kind of this practice that encourages social encounters with people in our lives. So our friends, family, you know, coworkers, lots of different people that we come across. Mm -hmm. Building social networks and participating in social activities are great for helping you feel supported. But not only are these efforts fun for some, they may even provide health benefits. Well, I think most would agree that, uh, you know, any means we can improve our health, especially in this day and age, you know, connecting and sharing our life experience with others would be, you know, worthwhile. Now, let's dig a little deeper in terms of why socialization can be so vitally important. So from the day we're born, social interaction is essential to keeping us alive and healthy. And as we get older, having social ties promotes a sense of safety, belonging, and security. Socialization also allows us to confide in others and lets them confide in us. But that's not all. Connecting socially is also crucial for brain health, especially as we age. Well, I'm definitely on board on that front, Mahela. And uh, generally speaking, you know, we are a social species. But now I'd really be interested in knowing if and how social interaction can play a role in keeping our brains healthy. A 2017 study published by researchers at Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine found that individuals 80 and over with the mental agility of those who were like 50 years old all had one thing in common, and that's that they had a close-knit group of friends. Right. Now, the good news is that you don't have to be a social butterfly to reap the benefits of socializing, as there are many ways to socialize that may be within your comfort level. Good to know. Now, what steps would you recommend in helping folks increase their social time? If you feel like going out of your way to see someone in person is too much to add to your to-do list, I know sometimes I get like this, it mm -hmm. may be a good idea to simply have a video chat with a family member or friend. There are games that you can play together, or you can even watch a movie while on video chat together. Just remember that having time to be social is not a privilege. It's really a necessity for our health. All right, I'll buy that. Now, you've offered some sound observations for those who already have a considerable network of friends and loved ones. However, what sort of recommendations would you make for those who want to expand their circles? If you're looking for ways to meet new people, searching for a volunteer opportunity can be a really awesome way to help you make friends and give you a sense of purpose all while making a difference in your community. 
nothing like bonding through a common cause. And I know many people, and myself included, who've had a lot of fun and enjoyed volunteering. So what other avenues uh, would you recommend to help socialize? You can join an organization. There are clubs for all kinds of activities. I mean, you can really find groups on knitting, books, sports, board games, gardening, Even your faith-based organization might have lots of different clubs going on. I join an exercise class, which is an awesome way for me to stay connected, but also stay in shape at the same time. The list goes on. It's really wonderful what you can do by taking the time to do your homework. Absolutely. There are a ton of resources out there to help folks uh, stay connected or reconnect for that matter. Uh, As a matter of fact, I know a group of women who were all pretty good athletes back in their day who took up ice hockey in their 40s. But now I'd like to turn our attention to something that in general does not bode well for our health, and that's isolation. So perhaps you could expand on that. Yeah, isolation carries a risk of mortality that is like of other risk factors, such as smoking. People with strong social connections tend to have better health behaviors, like eating healthy and being physically active. And they may even live longer and healthier lives, according to a 2010 meta-analysis published in the Public Library of Science Medicine. Well, I'm hearing a lot of incentives uh, to continue socializing efforts. Who would you say is at risk of being isolated? Well, there are a few groups who may be especially susceptible to isolation, and I'll dive into these because I think it's important for us to have an awareness so those who are vulnerable maybe can take some extra steps to stay connected, but also so others can offer added support. For sure. Now, who would you consider to be the most at risk and vulnerable? New moms. New motherhood comes with many joys and challenges. Uh, Caring for a new baby, shifting from working to being at home and maybe having less energy to spare on lots of activities, including socializing, can all contribute to feeling overwhelmed and alone. Now, these are all valid reasons, but it's just important for new moms to keep in mind that they don't have to face these struggles alone. I also want to touch on older adults. Isolation was an issue for this group even before the pandemic. For those over 60, a study published in early 2020 by the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine reported that 43% of adults aged 60 or older said that they had felt lonely. Older adults often live alone, and disabilities like hearing and vision loss can lead to isolation, according to Tulane's University School of Public Health and Tropical Medicine. I think that's a great point, Mihaela, especially in terms of reaching out to those who are older in our lives. On a personal note, I observed how my dad was involved in community outreach and saw not only the benefits he provided to some of his senior contacts, but also the pleasure he felt afterwards. And I've made an effort to follow in his footsteps and found all of this to be incredibly affirming as well. Now, are there any other groups out there that are prone to isolation? Social isolation also affects our immigrant communities. This could be because of language barriers, economic challenges, and limited social ties, according to Tulane's University School of Public Health and Tropical Medicine. A study in 2021 published in the Journal of Ethnicity and Health found that Asian Americans who were middle-aged and had limited English proficiency also had higher odds of being socially isolated from both family and friends. Social isolation also affects members of the LGBTQ plus community, too. They may face rejection from family and friends, discrimination, harassment, and violence, according to an article published in Psychology Today. Having to face stigmas may lead to feeling socially isolated. Again, these groups may benefit from getting a little extra support from the people of their lives, but also from going out of their ways and really trying to connect more. 
Thank you for that sensitive uh, you know, observation, because I agree that a level of awareness is important to have going forward. Now, I think you've mentioned that isolation carries a higher risk of mortality. So are there other serious health issues that uh, may stem from isolation? There are quite a few health issues that stem from isolation, and unfortunately, they are quite serious. 2015 study from the International Psychogeriatrics Journal found that those who had more engagement with friends had a lower incidence of dementia. I mean, social isolation was associated with about a 50% increased risk of dementia. Loneliness may also increase the likelihood of inflammation in the body, which is associated with poor health, according to a study published in Science Direct. And it's associated with higher rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide, according to a report published in the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine. And all you have to do, really, is follow the daily news to hear about some individuals disabled, susceptible by isolation, ultimately leading to some awful and tragic consequences. Perhaps now would be a good time to examine some of the health benefits of socialization. And there are a lot of health benefits. Um, socialization increases happiness and well-being. It can also boost your immune system. Uh, social life also helps reduce stress. Chronic stress compromises hormone regulation in the body, which can really hurt your body in many ways. Socialization also improves cognitive skills. A 2017 study assessed how social activities affected adults over the age of 50. Those who belonged to social communities and participated in social activities, as well as had support systems, were found to have healthier cognitive function. They had better emotional regulation, processing speed, working memory, and verbal fluency. Quality of life is not overrated and, and a great reason to socialize. And to that point, can socialization change the longevity of our lives? Yes, it can. A study showed mm -hmm. that those undergoing chemotherapy for cancer tend to do better if they have access to social support and interaction, suggesting that just by being around a support system can give us strength, which can really impact our longevity. Well, can't say I find those results particularly surprising, but what about introverts uh, who prefer not to socialize? Good question. Even if you're an introvert, having a community of people that you enjoy being around has major perks. Human connection helps provide a sense of purpose and people you can lean on during difficult times, which is something that both introverts and extroverts can really benefit from. Now, you don't have to give up your alone time to still get the benefits of socializing. <laughs> Just find activities and groups that you really like, like book clubs, game nights, exercise groups, or classes. When people feel supported, they tend to have greater self-esteem, which may reduce the risk for mental health disorders, too. Great points, and I think we can agree, yeah, enjoying a little bit of me time in one's own company in moderation is a good thing. So playing devil's advocate, are there any negative aspects to socialization? Yeah, the stress from having no or negative social relationships may contribute to poor health habits like sedentary lifestyle or alcohol abuse. Poor social relationships, which are often characterized by social isolation or loneliness, were also associated with a 29% increased risk of heart disease and a 32% increased risk of stroke. Socializing beyond your level of comfort can also be taxing on our mental health. Well, that's understandable and, and goes back to one of my favorite and guiding principles, moderation in all things. Now, in terms of developing and maintaining quality relationships, where can people turn to get help? There are a few national organizations with helpful resources. 
volunteermatch.org. It's a volunteer recruiting platform which can help pair your skill set with volunteer opportunities. It's a great way to meet plenty of new people. ARP's Community Connection also provides help for volunteer opportunities too. They also provide assistance with grocery pickup and lends emotional support for those who need it. And lastly, the National Elder Care Locator can also connect you to services for older adults and their families. Well, thank you, Mahala. Those all sound like some pretty formidable and very promising resources. And if you'd like to check out any of the source material mentioned today, visit transamericainstitute.org forward slash podcast to review the episode's transcript. And don't miss our recent episodes on interest rates explained, the health benefits of pet ownership, and life priorities changing. If you have comments, feedback, or topic ideas, please reach out to info at transamericacenter.org. ClearPath, your roadmap to health and wealth is brought to you by Transamerica Institute, a nonprofit private foundation dedicated to identifying, researching, and educating the public about health and wellness, employment, financial literacy, longevity, and retirement. You can find your weekly podcast on WYPR's website and mobile app, wherever you get your podcast, and at transamericainstitute.org forward slash podcast. ClearPath, your roadmap to health and wealth is produced by Transamerica Institute with assistance from WYPR. Until the next time, I'm your host, Al Waller. Stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening. The information provided here is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as insurance, securities, ERISA, tax, investment, legal, medical, or financial advice or guidance. 